Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Warning, this podcast contains spoilers. Let's go watch it in 2D. No, let's go watch it in 3D. But if we watch it in 3D, then is it worth the cost? I will destroy everything you love. Don't miss the epic conclusion. Show them what we got. Cute. God, I love that dragon. How to Train Your Dragon. The Hidden World. Ready PG. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf Vega, and today I'm with Jake Jarvis. Hello. And today we are doing a spoilerific review of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. And um, so, you know, we just want to make sure you watch the movie, um, watch the three movies, actually. Um, I watched them all already. We don't watch the TV shows, so we're kind of, uh, that's a blind spot for us, but, I, you know... I don't think you should have to watch the TV shows, you know, but Jake, do you have any insights on the TV shows that you want to throw off? Uh, other than I know that they reference them in the movies, uh, uh, cause I got, uh, told that by, uh, um, kids that I had, had taken to see these movies and they would fill me in on the details. But you're totally fine to watch this without watching the TV show, though, yeah. you know. Yeah. They're just kind of an Easter... They're just kind of Easter eggs to to the, the more hardcore people, something to appreciate. And then, uh, I mean, it's just... I mean, Star Wars does that all the time, and Marvel movies do it. So why not a dragon movie? You know, I didn't know this was based on a book series, which is, I guess, my fault for not knowing that. So it's it's interesting. Um, do you, have you read the books or know anything about them or no? I know a little bit about the books because, like, over the years, several of the kids that I would always take with me to see these uh, read the books. Uh, in some ways, they're very faithful. In some ways, they're not. Uh, uh, that's because... Uh, um, DreamWorks put them into a more standard uh, film narrative, uh, but uh, unlike uh, most movies that follow this standard formula, uh, DreamWorks actually did something with it, and I, in some ways, I actually think they're somewhat more inter- interesting than uh, uh, the mythologies of uh, the movies are simplified, uh, and uh, I was talking to the kids, because I know the books had pirates in them, and I was asking, did they consider the seafaring guys in the third movie to be pirates, and they said, nope, they considered them Vikings that were working with the Dragon Hunter, so we never got pirates. Okay. And I, and I consider can... these kids, and I consider the kids experts. <laughs> um, so let's get to the 3D first. We, we usually do that. Um, so what do you think of the 3D aspect of this movie? Wow. Just the whole visual thing, even the 3D. Uh, 
you really feel like you're flying in the flying scenes. Uh, the uh, the clouds, the mist. I I mean, they really created an environment. You feel like you could reach out and touch, like the mist. You felt like you could reach out and touch it and pull back a wet hand. I mean, that was just how gorgeous it was. This movie, you could like take a screenshot of any scene and have a piece of art. Now, um, it's kind of, I hate to be kind of mean, but, but, the trailers I saw that were in 3D for animated movies beforehand look like crap compared to this. <laughs> I'm not going to spe- specify which. Uh, I would say that uh, they were putting out trailers uh, of unfinished uh work so yeah i mean it i mean compared to other animated movies the 3d is way better in the whole dragon trilogy than any other ones the 3d is usually just kind of afterthought for most animated movies because you know they could get more money and it's relatively easy to do compared to you know live action but i think Mm -hmm. dragon franchise as a whole not just this movie all three of them all have had great 3D. Uh-huh. Oh, they have great visuals, too. I mean, there's, like, so-called real movies that aren't framed as... Be- well, the visual consultant for this movie was Roger Deakins, who's one of the greatest cinematographers of all time. So is there any specific uh, what, scenes? Uh, the battles were incredible. Uh, any flying scene, any scene with going over the ocean, I mean... The battle scenes in particular were breathtaking. Now, I mentioned this in my um, spoiler-free review, um, that the spe- one scene in particular I thought was just amazing was um, the saying goodbye to um, Hiccup, um, Hiccup, and, <laughs> Hiccup and the crew saying goodbye to the dragons on like this cliff. And like there's a couple of scenes there where like you're in the grass with Hiccup and the camera angle, and like you can see every plane of existence the grass is in, and it's just like so stunning. You're like, oh my god, this is like real 3D here. You have like you know 20 different you know layers of 3D with all the blades of grass going here and there. You know, you don't know talk about. Yeah. Oh, and let's not forget to talk about the hidden world itself. You get in. Oh yeah, and it's like. Uh, I was like going, I felt like I was in a black light poster shop. I mean, oh my God. Well, um, a little bit of an R reference for a PG movie. <laughs> yeah. Break out the bong. <laughs> it was very colorful. Yeah, but hey, but then again, I'm infamous for my giving best... 3D movies of the year to R-rated movies. <laughs> um, so, there's a scene, you see in the trailer, where, like, these, um, I guess, little dragons, I don't know, baby dragons, they're, like... Yeah, the hot goblin. Yeah, they're, like, flying there with you, and, like, you're in the middle of that. Like, you really get to see them fly in and out and all around you, you know, it's just it's beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think the second one maybe had a little bit better 3D, 
than this, but I still think this is obviously a great 3D. You're going to definitely be uh, happy with it. Uh, Do you agree with my score? Great 3D? Yeah, exactly. If if you didn't give it great 3D, I was going to tell you to go to an optometrist. <laughs> so did you have any problems with your 3D projection or no? Um, no. Uh, I went to a I found, uh, I lucked out that a, a new theater uh, that had been open less than a year was running this at a reasonable time. So they hadn't had a chance to burn the bulb out or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so cynical we become. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. I mean, <laughs> we're so, 3D fans are so put upon. I mean, they forget to turn the 3D on. They forget to give us glasses. And they're charging us between $3 and $5 for the privilege. And then they crap all over us. Oh, I mean, yeah. And then, like, the, the the surcharge is only supposed to be at first. But, no, they kept it around. <laughs> I remember that being oh, the promise. And they used to have these special glasses for each screening. Like, and the last one I remember seeing was Wonder Woman. Hmm. Uh, and I haven't seen anything other than standard black glasses in several years now. Well, some of them are just for marketing purposes. They're not really, because you have to use those glasses, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's great 3D. <laughs> There's like things popping out, and then people things like dragons flying into the screen. Oh, this is something they did that I hadn't seen since House of Wax. Done in things would run onto the screen. Yeah, um, yeah, things were running onto the screen. Things that were like flying outward from your point of view into the screen, and um, you know, it just it looked natural. It didn't look like they had a gimmick or. Oh, yeah, we'll add this in post, and, you know, we'll do, you know... No, this is, like, just part of the filmmaking, and this is beautiful. It looks beautiful in 3D. It looks beautiful in general. You know, you get a lot of good height scenes here and there where the dragon's flying up, and you see the depth. Um, the DreamWorks intro looked really good, and then I kind of hated how they redid the design, but that's near here uh, there. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't really care much for the new uh, DreamWorks logo. To me, it just looked too much like Moonstruck Chocolates uh, logo. It just kills some of the artistic cuteness of it, of the kid playing on the crescent moon, you know. Uh, to me, it always, I, I used to always think of it as uh, Huckleberry Finn, you know. And now it just kind of was like, uh, it looked like, like I said, Moonstruck Chocolates logo. So, yeah, the 3D is definitely worth it here. Um, I actually found someone on Reddit that was like, said, yes, definitely. It definitely is worth it. You know, it's so often that people are so jaded against 3D that, you know, making a topic on Reddit is like, oh, my God, is actually worth watching it. <laughs> Biggest screen you can find. Uh, like I said, I lucked out the 3D screening I went to, even though it wasn't IMAX. Uh, the screen they had was bigger than the two IMAX theaters uh, that run first-run movies 
uh, within a hundred miles of me, it had a had a bigger screen. All right, I was gonna not be. I was gonna be nice, but I'm gonna throw shade. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you just have a trailer for the Secret Life of Pets two before this movie? Yeah. And like they're in a farm or something. Yeah. And like the three D there was just like so pathetic. It's like, is this even on? It's like ten percent. My theater didn't even bother to run any trailers in 3D. Okay, well, that one, I was barely, it was like 2.1D. And um, it's just like, really? That's the best you could do? You're trying to, you know, sell me in this movie, and then if you're going to actually have it in 3D, which some of them don't, you know, this is the best you could do? It's just like, come on. It was just barely visible in 3D, like one layer of 3D depth besides the main characters. It's just like, eh, who cares? Sounds like Clash of the Titans. And, um, I don't know. For some reason, that movie just doesn't... What's the point? <laughs> it just seems like, okay, you had a decent idea in the first one, and now you're coming back, and what's going on? I don't know. Uh, it looks like I'm reviewing that one. <laughs> um, anyway... So, on to the movie itself. Um, is there any spoilerific scenes in 3D that you really want to talk about? Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, I think we've covered the 3D. I mean, like I said earlier, this you could like take a snap, a screen capture of any scene, and you have a, a piece of art. Uh, I mean, this movie from beginning to end is absolutely gorgeous to look at. The 3D is breathtaking. Uh, this movie is a dazzling feast. Uh, see it on the biggest screen possible, and and in 3D, you, it's a treat. Yeah, I was on the verge of giving this editor's choice great 3D, but you know, just like it just was like I want a little bit more, and I would have gotten there, but you know, still, it's it's just on that edge of being perfect. So. I mean, all of them have been this way, I think, you know. Mm -hmm. So let's go on to the movie itself. Uh, this movie takes place a year after the events of the second movie. And it's been about five years since that movie came out. So it's been a while. I actually forgot that the mother survived. I thought the mother died and that the father di uh, survived. But I got those switched up. But, you know, they quickly tell you wh who's what's going on, you know. Well, they don't tell you. You don't have, like, a flashback or, you know, anything like that. They just straightforward. You know, Hiccup is the new leader of um, Bork. I don't know how to pronounce that <laughs> town. Burke. Burke, yeah. And, um, you know, you see a whole bunch of different people. Um, the, the, the town is just kind of crawling with dragons every inch of them and uh hiccup is going out to try to rescue them because he apparently knows that people are trying to grab him and like um you have this really cool action scene where hiccup and his crew like invade this like boat and try to get everyone there and like at first you don't know it's hiccup and it looks really cool <laughs> he looks like a villain and like the explanation mm -hmm of uh hiccups uh fireproof gear that they use the scales from the fire you know to make them fireproof and 
they rescue all the dragons except for one which turns invisible, which is the um, eventual mate of uh, Toothless. Um, they didn't give it a name. I, I didn't catch a name, did you? No, they just called her Light Fury. Um, which looks basically like, you know, toothless but white and shinier, you know. Hmm. Um, yeah, she sparkles. I am glad that they didn't go overboard and making it look feminine, quote-unquote feminine. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have the gaudy cartoonish super big eyelashes or something like that. Yeah, they didn't yeah, they didn't go all Lisa Frank on her. Uh, you know what I'm talking about where the cartoons have those like faces and it's like, oh, you know that's the girl because look at her eyelashes. Look at her you know, lipstick. Yeah, she's got earrings and a little hair bow even though she has no hair. Yeah, it's none of that crap. It just Yeah, and uh, and they didn't put her in heels or anything. Yeah, you know it's just like such a sad kind of way of doing it, but it doesn't do that. It's it's that's one of the things about this movie is that it's just so smart and so well done. They don't have uh, to do that. You get mm-hmm. it, you know. Yeah, she's actually knows how to use her fury powers uh, a lot more. So I kept asking myself, why in the hell isn't she the alpha? Yeah, and that was one thing that kind of threw me off. It's like I, don't, I remember the alphas fighting in the first movie, second movie, but I don't remember them all dying and and <laughs> Toothpaste becoming the leader. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking I should have been I should have quizzed these kids more about what's going on in the TV show. So um, you know they're trying to figure out what's going on, and we find a new villain here, and new villain of Grimall, Grimall. I guess. I don't know. So, no. Yeah. He's trying to hunt down all the dragons, specifically the Night Furies, um, just because he has a vendetta against dragons, which I kind of feel like this... He was an interesting character, but I wanted more. Yeah, it was not developed a whole lot. He's just sort of a plot device because we have to have a reason to have to get rid of the dragons. Yeah, and then he managed to like um, find a way to put um, venom in the dragons he had, so that way he controlled them. Which is like that's kind of interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, and like his dragon. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, and they had he had dragons that could spit this corrosive venom, and I was like thinking, wow, this looks really cool in three D. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, you're playing it, they're saying it nicely, they throw up acid. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And they happen to always throw up onto the camera screen. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's like, okay, we're going to use uh, our, um, you know, Night, F- or Night Fury, or, or, you know, our white one, um, to lure him to get him. And he's actually a pretty good, you know, strategist, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hiccup goes back to town and tells everyone what's going on. And they're like, so what do you want to do? It's like, all right, we're going to, tr- uh, you know, plan this out. We're going to catch him. We're not going to let him take our dragons. 
And then there's an elaborate scene where he comes and, you know, they get double crossed, but then um, their crew are ready. And then he double crosses the crew. And like, it's just like, wow, he's really smart. I didn't expect the crew to be this smart to begin with. And then they're really upping the game and, you know, escaping with, uh, you know, everything. Yeah, and then I was like going, okay, why isn't uh, uh, Vanka, a uh, mother, running? Why isn't she chieftain? Just, just saying. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also, why do so many Vikings have Scottish accents? <laughs> you just have to let that one go. That was from the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's been a question I've been asking. Uh, these are Scottish, or maybe that's where the Scots got their accent to when the, when the Vikings came. I just keep wondering if someone's going to say, I, look, I want gold. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's not Viking, it's crap. So anyway, <laughs> you do have a very nice scene where, um, you, you know, Toothless sees the other um light fury and like they're kind of like flirting and he doesn't know what to do um and like the animation in that scene you see a little bit in the trailer it's beautiful mhm and toothless's dance <laughs> it, it's just i mean it's like did they motion capture different animals to actually get that or do they just like so attentive to detail that they are able to do that? Because like it really feels like you know, Toothless always has like a cat dog kind of animation style to you know how its skeleton works, but like it just really feels like it looks like an authentic creature, like it could exist, kind of thing. You know, I'm wondering if they did a capture motion captures on Persian cats. Because, I mean, both of them, they just moved so much like Persians. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, you get to eventually, you know, you're wondering if the white one is working for Grandma, which she isn't. You know, it was kind of, at first, it's like, okay, maybe he's letting her go, but no, he doesn't have that much control over her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, now... I do feel like this is really dependent on you watching the first two movies. Um, I kind of feel like if you just walked into this, you would be lost. But you might be okay. But I think you really need it to be able to watch this. Are you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Because uh, uh, that's the one thing, uh, smartly, all the kids uh, that I went with, they had seen it. But they were other kids in the theater. They were too young, and their parents or guard hadn't caught them up. And they were constantly going, what's going on? Why is this happening? And there were lots of callbacks to uh, the other movies. That the, the, A lot of the callbacks, uh, I don't think you needed to understand to enjoy the movie, though. But if, you'd, but if you'd seen them, they would enrich the movie. Like when... Um, Light Fury lands on the beach, on the shore. That's kind of a callback to uh, Hiccup and um, Toothless's first um, meeting. 
I mean, there were lots of little things like that too without the movie. And of course, we get callbacks and flashbacks of uh, Hiccup's dad, which I love those flashbacks. Uh huh. Um, you know, the characters here are just so rich and so deep in what they, you know, I mean, especially Hiccup. Um, they they really get the good characters in there, and like you really get a good sense that they're like really well written, and you know, just like all these touching moments of you know when Hiccup was a kid and the father being a great father, and like you know showing him or telling him about a you know hidden world, which is the you know subtitle for the movie of where the dragons um, live, and then it's like it's across the end of the world. And it's down a waterfall, and but no one knows exactly about it. Um, which it was like, okay, it's interesting. If he's ha- known about this, then why haven't we talked about this in other movies? Uh, that's what's that's what's called a a, a retcon. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like, hey, why didn't you mention this in the first one? <laughs> because they hadn't thought of it yet. So, I mean, it, it kind of leads into, like, kind of a plot hole. It's like, okay, <laughs> how, you know, but fine. They try to, you know, they try to find this area, and they can't. You know, of course, the Vikings still believe the Earth is flat. Mm-hmm. And, um, which, unfortunately, there's some people in our time that believe the world is flat, which I don't have tolerance for. <laughs> yeah, and they also... and. But a lot of them also don't believe in vaccines, so that helps take care of them quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Just cough on them. Anyway, anyway. So, um, you know, we're trying to find this hidden world. And then, um, you know, Toothless is trying to impress this White Fury. And, you know, the villain escapes, you know, for now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they want to go fly around and see what's going on. Um, then, um, you basically get like a scene where, um, where they're just trying to find, you know, the, you let Toothless go because the Night Fury comes back and like, you know, she watches the animation and, you know, is interested in him, but she's scared of Hiccup and she doesn't really want, um, I mean, she doesn't have any positive annotations with humans. So every time, you know, Hiccup or, yeah, is around, you know, she runs away from him. And obviously that, you know, they have an attachment to one another. You know, they have good chemistry, which they're two animals that never speak. But you could sense they like each other. Mm-hmm. They communicate very well. That's really well animated. You understand what's going on. You understand when she's happy and when she's freaked out and Toothless is just trying so hard. And I was like, this is such a bold, confident, smart thing that they could have like a 20 minute, you know, scene where it's just the animation, no dialogue. You're just trying to see the dragons talk to one another and love each other. And it's just like, that's such a beautiful thing that they don't need to have, uh, you know, someone narrating or telling you what's happening. You just see it. You just understand it. Yeah, and the exposition in this movie is just done really quick. Pain, 
fairly painless. It just snapped like uh, like like Toothless is learning to fly on his own, and they've uh, and Hiccup has adjusted his tail so he can. So that's why you have all these scenes with Hiccup, uh, no, of uh, Toothless alone, and and you know, and um, and Hiccup with his people. You know, he's still on his little metal prosthetic. Of course, I thought it was cute that he uses it to play fetch with uh, Toothless. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he lets Hiccup lets Toothless go, you know, knowing not sure what what's going to happen, but he has to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you know they decided to try to do a raid on um, his home of Grenoval, and um, that leads to a pretty nice action scene where you know they get trapped and you know they manage to escape, but they leave one of them behind. I forget that girl character's name. Um, do you remember her name? Uh, the, she's one of the twins. The rough nut and tough nut. I can never remember which one she is. So she's left behind, and then she's captured. And I kind of give it credit for how they did it, but at the same time, it was really annoying and grating to how much she talked, you know, in uh-huh. that scene. Yeah. Some of the human humor in this movie is grating. Like, I really got tired of... Uh, the one guy constantly trying to help Hiccup with his love life, and his relationships are in total shambles. And then we have the other Viking who's uh, who's hot for mom. I said, if he uses the term MILF, I'm going to scream. Yeah, it, it was... Some of the comedy did work. I mean, some of it was really wacky. Which I don't remember the other ones being. Do you remember those being as wacky as this? No, they weren't like this. It's like it's like okay, we've got to give Hiccup's friends some scenes because they had more scenes in this movie than they had in the other two combined. So yeah, they had a lot to do, which I give them credit for. But at the same time, it was kind of annoying. <laughs> it kind of felt out of yeah. place, you know. And, like, so they let the other twin go free because she was so annoying, which is like, okay, that is kind of legitimately funny, but at the same time, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, and they were just letting her go because they could follow her back. And um, you do get the mom in this, and I really like her, and she really kind of helps um, the character of Astrid, which is America Ferreira's character. Um, and she really steps it up. She's always been like there as a secondary character, but like you know, the mom really pushes Astrid to become a central character and like really help out Hiccup. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like you know I love America Ferrer. First of all, she's fantastic in anything she does, but I think she really is a standout here too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't remember her being as big of a deal in the other movies either. She's there, but she's not, like, this much in there. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, the other movies were pretty much just, uh, uh, Hiccup, Hiccup, a toothless villain, uh, and, uh, dragons. So... And this one is for Hiccup and Toothless's stories running parallel. 
Yeah, and I really did feel like they're, you know, they were kind of playing with the idea a whole movie about getting married. And, um, you know, they did seem a little young. They did seem like they're more friends than relationship. But it felt like as a movie progressed, they did get a better connection to one another and did the mm-hmm. chemistry built on there. And it was just like, okay, mm-hmm. this makes sense now. It's not forced because they want a new queen. It's It makes sense, you know? Yeah. I, I'm hoping that America Ferrera has a, a scene in Super Size Me where she mentions the Dragons movies. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, so anyway, Hiccup has a, a plan, which is basically to leave the island they're in to go, you know, find this hidden world and to go um, just pick up and go somewhere else. And Eventually, and everyone's kind of like, whoa, this is a big change. And I was like, yeah, this is a big deal. Um, and, you know, he has a good enough speech. I think it's not great, but, you know, he's not supposed to be great at speeches yet, I think. Um, and they, they do fly to another island, and they're getting settled in this new, new place. And that's when um, they do see the White Fury again. And, mm-hmm. um, well... Before that, the White Fury and Hiccup um, do chase each other and get to the Hidden World and have this beautiful scene in the clouds. And then um, Astrid's dragon smells um, the other dragon and leads them to this Hidden World. So they get to see be there and they see that, you know, Toothless and the White Fury, the, um, the Light Fury, sorry, um, are now the, basically the king and queen of the dragons. Mm-hmm. And, like, they kind of slip on some rocks, and it kind of causes them to fall, and, like, Toothless saves them, and, um, you know, they're not sure what's happening with the, the everything. And you see that this society is totally based on not at all with humans and it's just not compatible to have them both. But Toothless feels like he has to save his, you know, best friend, which totally makes sense. They have built up several movies together and they have a, a work, a great relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then they decide, then the grandma decides to visit the new Island. And, um, which I was like, okay, how did, the um they tracked him okay but did they track him to the new one or did it that be you know uh, maybe i forgot that step but they tracked him and then they decide to try to um you have this action scene because uh uh he let when they let the prisoner go it was on the new island okay so that's how they found the new island yeah, the, so he gets both Hiccup and the White Fury, you know, when he comes by, and they can't really attack him because he's ready to kill um, Toothless if he doesn't, and the other one. And it, it's kind of a, a really good kind of thing with smart and strategery, you know. When they do finally go onto his ship and, and free him, I felt that was kind of an anticlimactic kind of action scene. Mm-hmm. I felt like no one was really... This, we all know this is the last movie in the film franchise. 
but I didn't really feel like there was a real threat to any of the characters. Like, I knew they were going to win that somehow. And, you know, obviously I don't want any of these characters to die. Um, but I would be okay with some of them getting maimed or something. You know, that way you have consequences and, you, you know. Yeah, I was actually surprised because with how uh, dark the second one was, I figured there was going to be, you know, more death and mayhem, but there wasn't. This was a relatively consequence-free movie. And I was kind of expecting maybe, like, Astrid would lose her arm or leg, you know, in, in a way to kind of match, you know, Hiccup. And in a way that, you know, is meaningful, but you do get that there's consequences here. And it felt like that action scene was was kind of fun, but kind of quick. And it felt like it was just a little bit too easy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... What else? Um, I do feel like it's a little bit light in length. I could have felt like another 30 minutes in this movie. I would have been totally fine with that. You know, maybe if they would have used that time to help explain about the hidden world and why they didn't try to find it before or maybe more time with the villain, you know, that could have been really nice. You know, ultimately, I think the biggest issue is that I didn't want this movie to end. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this franchise has made over a billion dollars for three studios. Because, you know, the first movie was released by Paramount, the second one by Fox, and now DreamWorks is uh, Universal. Um, So uh, even though I think uh, the story of Hiccup and Toothless is done, I would not be surprised if we see dragons in another form. Like, I could see the TV show doing some stuff, but I don't see a fourth movie happening. I think um, the director um, has, like, really said that they're not touching this again. And that the only reason he was he wanted to do it is, like, he wanted to do the movies. And if he didn't get to do them the way he wanted to, he wasn't going to be part of it, you know? Which, I guess they could hire someone new. But, you know, you know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. So, at the, we get to the ending where... Toothless and um, basically Hiccup says we all have to let him go. That basically this is just going to continue happening. You know, people are just not going to allow us to have uh, dragons as part of our life. And they have a world back there that they know how to get to and they'll be happy and safe. For the betterment of dragons, it is best for us to let them free. And all the dragons fly away. And it was really touching. I really, it was just like, damn, they're he's absolutely right. And, um, you know, yeah. you get like a scene now, in the future mm-hmm. where Hiccup is now, you know, oh, wait, you get to see um, where Hiccup and Astrid are getting married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of see what's going on after the dragons leave, how Burke, the new Burke grows and. Astrid and uh, Hiccup get married. And I thought it was really sweet, and I really liked that moment. And then you get another future timeline. You know, basically, you get a little bit of Hiccup narrating the future and saying, you know, it's been a long time, but we decided to go back and try to see. And you see Hiccup with the full-on beard, and damn it, he looks good in that beard. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, him and Astrid, and they're 
and their kids. Yeah, they got two kids. Yeah, little ones are scared of the dragons. They've never seen dragons before. And, you know, you get to see the dragon, you know, Hiccup and the White Fury be there. And they get to one last time flying together as a family. And it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful a way to end this series. <laughs> yeah, and Astrid's reunited. Of course, it ha- you all of a sudden, you don't see her reintroduced to her dragon, but she's riding her dragon. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I loved all the movies in this franchise, and I love this movie. You know, the problems I had with it, I feel like, are really minor. I mean, the villain could be better, but the villain could be better in all the movies. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like we, yeah. we could, you know, there's some plot holes here, but all of them have plot holes. In some ways, this adds to the plot holes in the other movies. <laughs> But it's so yeah. well written and so great, you know. So before I give my score, what is your score? I'll give it eight out of ten. So I'm a little higher than that. I'm gonna give that a nine out of ten and an editor's choice award. Um so it's right up there. It's right there in the edge of being, you know, perfect. There's issues there, but it's not perfect, but it's it's great. Is there anything else you want to mention about this movie? I think I've, I've said it all. You know, see it on, see it in 3D, see it on the biggest screen you can. And, you know, bring some tissues. You may, you know, I was crying at the end, you know, and the the credits, when it was just like showing you scenes in the last movies. It was just like such a awesome way of doing that, too. Uh, oh, and even though there isn't a technically an end credit scene, watch the credits. I, uh, because the an- the the animation uh, before each sequence of uh, when they're going through the early credits, they have like a little two D scene that explains like art direction, cinematography, and these little vignettes perfectly capture an easy explanation of various elements of making a movie. Perfect for a kid to understand. This, that, you, just watch it. You'll raise a, have your kids look at them. You'll raise a whole generation of film literate kids. So was that it after? Was explanation. Yeah, it was in the early credits when the, after the, they showed the scenes from the, then they have, they cut to like, a, their, it's 2D credits. Uh, it was, I was like going, wow, this is like really smart. Uh, because they're perfect. The the Oscars should have something like this because it quickly explains what cinematography is without words and art direction. I mean, it, they were just brilliant. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I guess I walked out right when they're like showing different scenes of, you know, the past. And I was like, okay, there's not going to be an end credit scene. There's not going to be a you know, a goofy thing in the side or something. So I guess I missed that part. But yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, to the annoyance of everybody, I sit through to the very end. I said, I paid so much for this, I'm seeing it all. So it has made the series best opening at $55 million. 
Um, so we may not see the end of this, but it definitely it's a great way to end the series. You know, I am I am hopeful that they don't do what Disney does and force a way to have a, a fourth movie or you know I don't want a spinoff. I don't want any of that. You know, I don't want prequels. I don't care. This is good enough. This is perfect way to end it. You don't, you know, and I guess I'm happy that Disney's not here to screw it up and, you know, do that. Well, all I know so far is like Universal has now made dragons part of uh, their park. And, uh, and they'll probably do more video game, you know, mobile games. Yeah, I mean, there might be another book or, or, you know, TV stuff, but I I really don't want them to do another fourth movie. I don't care about the kids getting dragons in the future. Um, You know, that's not needed. Oh, you know they're going to reboot this eventually because Hollywood remakes everything. So I'm just wondering how fast the cycle is. Is it going to be 10 years, 20 years? Of course, uh... Uh, of course, Blade Runner kind of broke the thing for sequels. I mean, 35 years between uh, installments. Who knows? Who knows? Well, this is definitely a great way to end this franchise and a great movie. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, well, hopefully you've already seen it before. You, Even if you uh, listen to this without going to see it, go see it anyway. You know, I mentioned in my review... Um, if you haven't seen any of the previous ones, you really need to see them. <laughs> you know, they're, they're they're not stupid cartoons like uh, so many other movies. You know, they're they're more than that. They're animated movies that have a great story to them and are not a hard. Uh, yeah. They treat these like real movies. Uh, so many animated movies. Every it's a they have a just a generic story, uh, and you know. They're they're crap like the emoji movie, or they look terrible like that. Like the trailer for Wonder Park looks terrible, looks so generic. Uh, these are not generic. These are uh, they have real characters with real motivations, and they make the dragons into real characters too. Yeah, and like I never after seeing this series. You're never going to think of dragons the same way, you know. I think since this series, you know, they have done some more dragon stuff, but I feel like this series has really developed what a dragon could be, you know. They're not just monsters, you know. They're smart creatures that, you know, can fly and breathe fire, but they're much, you know, they're not just one-dimensional things, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess that's basically it for this podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye, guys and gals. All right. Before this podcast ends, I want to give a thank you to my patrons. Right now, we have a one patron, which is David from Spain. And I want to thank you for your financial support. All right. So that's going to be it for this podcast. We now have a Patreon. and The link is in the description. Uh, thanks for watching. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They don't put it everywhere. Just look for us, 3D or 2D. And of course, review us on iTunes. And if you want to write us a letter, um, our email address is email3d 
or2d at gmail.com. So that's going to be it. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye, everyone.